Hi, and welcome back to the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast sharing women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the way that they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We're so glad you've decided to tune in. Our hope for launching this podcast is to extend the voice of Gather beyond the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments. With an incredible diversity of feminine voices, we want to create a catalogue of testimonies and inspirational stories that you and your friends can always return to. We will also be announcing Gather news, updates, and other exciting events coming up on this platform. Stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. All right. Hello and welcome to the Girls Who Gather podcast. I am Lauren Franco, founder and executive director of Gather, and I'm so excited to have y'all back and listening to our podcast. Um, We took a little bit of a hiatus from our season, uh, our build series that we've been in just to kind of recalibrate as a team, reassess and uh, make some, some plans for what's coming up in the future. We have so many things happening as an organization. It's just been wild. Um, and more to come on that, but we are back with our season. We have a couple more beautiful interviews for you, uh, with some really amazing women. And I'm super excited to get to share what we've been working on. So today with us is Elizabeth Moore, who I'm so excited to interview. She is a writer, author, writing consultant and content manager, a graduate of Columbia Publishing course at Oxford University. And prior to her time at Oxford, she worked as a writing consultant, content manager, and virtual assistant to a bunch of authors. And now she works for Penguin Random House as a publishing associate for Vintage and Anchor Books. She's also on the precipice of publishing a book. Her book will release in November, November 1st, and it is called Liturgies for Hope, which we're gonna talk all about in this interview. Um, with her co-author Audrey. She is an all-around ray of light, consistently blessing her Instagram followers with sweet words and compositions and just the way this girl articulates, you're going to hear. It's so incredible. She's such an encourager and I'm so excited to chat with her about her process, how we build things and construct using words and so much more. Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Yay. Yay. Honored to have you. Okay, so we're going to jump right in. Um, we like to start from the beginning on this podcast. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and your upbringing and how that played a role in what you're doing today. Yeah. Um, well, I'm from originally Reston, Louisiana. So the deep South, <laughs> very different from New York City where I live now. Um, I was raised in a small town um, with an amazing family who I adore. Um I have three brothers and um, two amazing parents and honestly was raised to believe that I could do whatever I wanted to do, (laughs) which was like such a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, But even with the freedoms that that provided, I never really thought that I would be where I am today, which is so interesting. Um, I think I just assumed that I would follow the pattern of uh, my family and the families that we were friends with. thought that I would probably continue to live in Louisiana and have lots of babies and get married and all of these fun (laughs) things. um, None of those things have happened, um, which is (laughs) fine and great, but it has been truly um, such an adventure of following um, God and developing my relationship with God as I grow, as I grow older and, um, that has also looked different than the way that I was taught. I was raised in a Christian home, um, raised to believe in God and um, 
have had a relationship with the Lord my whole life. Um, but as I grow and as I change, that has um, evolved and it looks so different now. So yeah, so here I am in New York and um, working in publishing, um, have yeah written my first book with uh, my dear friend and co-author. Um, and I am still surprised um, that that is all happening. <laughs> Genuinely, like... I know. It's crazy. This? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Crazy. But I think that um, my... Yeah, growing up um, with such a, an amazing family and support system, um, that's given me yeah. uh, a lot of confidence to just step out yeah. and, and try things and take risks. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's what I've tried to do. Yeah. So what... Um started your love of words and writing and where did that desire kind of come yeah. from do you remember, like falling oh with, yeah with that? I do remember it's such a funny story <laughs> um I I always enjoyed reading but it, it was never this thing that I thought was like un like not normal um yeah I, I read the normal books that people read. I read the Boxcar Children. Right. I read Junie B. Jones. Oh, like, whatever. Sorry. We all loved them. Um, yes. But I do remember in high school, <laughs> I had an English teacher who was so hard. And I really mm-hmm. did not like her <laughs> at first because I was I was used to, um, like, being good at things yeah. pretty naturally and not being yeah. challenged. And she really challenged me. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, so through her class, I was I was challenged and was introduced to a lot of work and words that um, opened my eyes to things mm-hmm. that weren't that I didn't understand previously. So um, it started out as a love hate relationship. I I just knew that that words and books were this really complex mm-hmm. thing, right? It was introduced to me as this really complex thing um, that I didn't understand at first. But the more that I was guided into it, the more that I mm-hmm fell in love with it. And then I read, was reading books on my own. I remember reading my first essay collection in high school and like just falling in love with that. And like, I had never been, I'd never known that words could be like a a beautiful work of art. I had always known words to just tell stories and to communicate like, you know, this thing happened to this person. Um, but to read an essay, um, which is like very poetic and very lyrical, that was really beautiful to me. Um, so that was my, my love of words in high school, just being introduced mm-hmm. to some new, some new things and being taught by great teachers. Um, and then I studied English literature and writing in college, which just mm-hmm. like made me fall in love with words even more. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. And then what, how did Oxford come about and what was that like living yeah. in America? For the yeah. So, so what was that like living abroad and how, you know, was yeah. it? that's an incredibly prestigious program too and school yeah. in general so totally was that, like, it was, being that like- was yeah that was my like I'm gonna try this really big thing take this really big risk and like if it works out amazing and if it doesn't mm-hmm. that like it, it'll be worth it so at the time I I'd been graduated from college for about three years um I had gotten my degree in English and had no clue what I was gonna do with it even in college mm-hmm. people were like are you gonna mm-hmm. teach and I was like no <laughs> I don't want to teach no um they're like what are you gonna do and I was like I have no idea um but I just know that I love it so um yeah. I ended up working for a couple of years post-college um, for art, for authors. Um, mm-hmm. I'd started with one author who was a family friend. She just needed a virtual assistant. And so mm-hmm. I started helping her develop her content, doing some writing mm-hmm. for her, doing some admin, 
really enjoying working with books. And so I was just like, hey, I kind of like this. Do you have any other authors who would be interested in hiring me <laughs> to like do what I do for you? Yeah. For um, so I ended up working for a handful of authors um, and just fell in love with the world of books again, like not even just reading books, but like making books. And, um, right. <clears throat> and that's what like piqued my interest in mm -hmm. publishing. And so I was like, maybe I want to do work in publishing full time. Had no idea what that looked like. Um, truly, like, there's no publishing houses in Louisiana that I'm aware of. Like, that's just not a career path that was introduced to me at all. Um, but I was just like, uh, books exist. Someone has to make them. Like, yeah. where do they make the books? Where do they come I, from? <laughs> where do they make the books? Like, I want to go work there. So, um, so I just talked to, like, some of my author clients and was like, hey, like, would you mind connecting me with anyone on your publishing team that I could like talk mm -hmm. to. So I ended up talking to um, one of my author's editors who was super mm -hmm. helpful and just like asked her what her job looked like and how she got into right. what she does. And she made this joke of like, yeah, if you really want to work in publishing, you should move to New York. And mm -hmm. she just kind of laughed it off and was like, yeah, but like who wants to live in New York? And I was like, yeah, not me. And then like <laughs> later that day, I was like, oh my gosh, like, that would be awesome. I think I would really enjoy living in New York. So like with zero connections to New York, wow. I, I just, that seed was planted. Mm -hmm. um, so then I started looking and for any kind of connection to New York, any kind of mm -hmm. like open door. Um, I was introduced to this girl who um, was a friend of a friend who was living in New York and working mm -hmm. at um, one of the major publishing houses here. And I, uh, mm -hmm. she had done this program called the Columbia Publishing Course, which is exactly what it sounds mm -hmm. like. <laughs> it's a publishing course based through Columbia. Um, and yeah, I, I looked up the program um, in January of, what was it, 2018, um, mm -hmm. and noticed that applications were, were open. They were due in March. And I was like, ah, are we doing this? Like, wow. I think we're just going to go oh for gosh. it. And really, like, that was, yeah, that was my kind of, like, Hail Mary into my, like, okay, I'm going to, like, try this big career move. And if it sticks, cool. If it doesn't, whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, I really didn't have anything else yeah. that was happening. I was in the building process. I was, like, you know, just throwing yeah. stuff against the wall, seeing what, yeah, what likes Yeah, that's them. great. So <clears throat> I remember I, yeah, applied for the program, put, like, my entire heart and soul into mm -hmm. <laughs> my application. I was, like, I have yeah. to, to do this. Um and the way I, I ended up at Oxford is the, the Columbia Publishing Course has two uh, sections. One is mm -hmm. in the summers at Columbia in the city. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is in the fall at Oxford University, which mm -hmm. is just for fun. I think they just do that because they can. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> people like me are like, okay, I'm down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I ended up uh, getting into the program and was able to choose which one I wanted to do. So I chose cool. to go to Oxford, and it was truly so magical. I didn't study abroad during undergrad, and so yeah. this was an opportunity to go abroad. And wow. um, it was it was great. It was hard. It was like um, I felt like my first kind of foray out of my southern bubble um, mm. and really my introduction into not only the world of publishing, but the world at large and, wow. um, new ideas, new thoughts, new beliefs, 
um, that were very contrary to mine, which is so good. Um, yes. So, so good for us. Oh my gosh. Pop that bubble. <laughs> but, but hard. And so, yeah, yeah, so I'd say my time at Oxford was both like, was beautiful, beautiful and magical. And it was exactly mm-hmm. like being at Oxford was exactly what I thought it would be in the best way. Like I was a little bit like, okay, mm-hmm. I've, I for sure romanticized it in my mind. It's definitely not going to be as cute as I think right. it's going to be. And like, it's just like not actually going to be as great as I've thought. And yeah. that's normally how life works, <laughs> I feel like. But Oxford was like, totally as amazing wow. as I pictured. So I loved it, but it was also, yeah, it was, it was challenging and it was tough, but it was what got me started yeah. in, in my publishing career. Um, right. So very thankful for that. So, yeah. I mean, I love that, that story. Cause it just, you did, a, you took a lot of initiative with just like, I don't know. I have no through line yeah. to New York. I have no connection here. No. Um, I have no connection to this industry in this world. Like that's so crazy to me that you just like came, you know, got into it and used what you had in your hands. Cause I feel like that's so with building with the things that we have, you know, that we're, that we're called to in life. I feel like we feel like we're called to something and we get this thing or we have this gift or we have this talent and then we expect we're just going to have all the resources to do it and like have everything we need to get there or have it all kind of laid out. But sometimes I feel like there is. I literally heard this today. I was like walking up the stairs and I just felt like God said to me, like, you have to be able to use um, a little for a lot. And mm-hmm. I just think like, that's so true of your story of just like, whatever you had, every connection you had, every like relationship you could, you were just like, what can, what can I learn here? And how can I yeah. use it to move me forward? And what would you say? Cause I feel like a lot of us are in situations like that or in seasons like that, where we're just trying to we see the thing as a bigger picture, but we don't really know how to get there. And what would you mm. say as encouragement for, yeah, really, that can be scary to d- take that initiative mm. and be like, what's in my hands and how can I use it? And yeah. like, I don't know, do you have any encouragement for, for doing that? I mean, obviously your story worked out pretty well, but you know, I know. it's scary on the front end of that. And even Definitely. not wanting to seem like, oh, I'm going to use this relationship for Right. An ulterior, pro- or, you know, not wanting to feel right. people to feel used or whatever. I think I struggle with that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I want to make genuine relationships and not yeah. feel like, oh, yeah. you're just this like step in my path. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No, but I do think that like people understand and people want to help you and people who yeah. are like a little bit farther along than you got there because someone else did, totally. someone else helped them. And so like yeah. that, that is, I think like, people's I'd say trust in people's generosity too like people want to help you and Mm -hmm. and I do think that genuine relationships and connections can be formed like mutually beneficial connections and relationships can be formed Mm -hmm. on your path Mm -hmm. to growth and to building and so I think for me like for most of that time I had zero clue where I was what I was doing where I was going like if it was going to work out the way that I wanted it to but I um also just like was I just kind of kept taking one step at a time. I was like, I'm just going to take this yeah. this next step. I'm going to like find the next breadcrumb and take it and just do one yeah. step at a time. Um, and now one thing I, I also encourage like people now I do, I, um, I now feel like I'm on the receiving end where a lot of people who are looking for jobs in publishing or curious mm-hmm. about uh, writing or work in publishing will reach out to me and like, and want to chat and hear about my process and all that, which I, always say yes to because I, that helped me so much. Like if people had not been generous with their time and resources when I was at that point, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I, I, I mean, up until this point, I always say yes. I love it. It really is a joy. I I always encourage them to like 
not like let every step lead to the next step. So mm-hmm. I'm for them from them. I'm like, ask me who I know, like ask me right. who I know that you should be connected with. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I hope that doesn't sound like icky, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I oh, think it's yeah. like, I think there's a way to phrase that. Like that is, yeah. that positions you as like, I'm the learner. I'm the, the one on the journey. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. are kind of like, you're a helper to me and I'm so grateful. Is there, is there anyone else ahead yeah. of you? Like, is the, do you know of anyone else that I could also call out to? And, yeah. and it's my, and when people ask me that, it's like such a joy. I'm like, actually, yes. Like I know this person who's doing what you're interested in and, mm-hmm. and like, she's so nice. And yeah. anyway, so yeah. So just encouraging them to like, you know, yeah, good job right. reaching out to people, you know, mm-hmm. like me and like, may, like, is there someone that I can, is there like something that I can yeah. lead you to next? Offer, that yeah, is. that's so good. And I think, you know, people love to talk about themselves too. So I think there is yeah. like, it's usually not a crazy burden to ask someone to just pick their brain about what they do and oh, what yeah. they love about it and how they got there. And so, you know, I just, yeah, I think that there's, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, but it's also like not always such a, as big of a deal or a burden as I think we make it out to be. Yeah, as well. Totally. So Mm -hmm. that's good to hear that you do that for other people too. Now that's so cool. Um, So so, okay, so you go to Oxford and then you come back Mm -hmm. to New York and you. How did you end up getting plugged in with Penguin and what was that process like? That was that was wild. Um, (laughs) I (laughs) totally wild. It's it's amazing. I do feel like it is a story of the Lord's provision. I, it truly doesn't make mm. much sense to me. Um, but I, well, while we were doing the course, so while we were in Oxford, they really encouraged the students to just move to New York and mm. give it a go. Wow. <laughs> They're like, this is the best way. Just get there, figure it out once you get there, which, you know, mm. I don't know how the wisdom in that, but that's exactly what I did. I was literally like, all right, mom and dad, I'm buying my one way ticket. Wow. I've got my suitcase packed. Wow. I'm going to figure it out. Um, but I like a lot of amazing things were uh, provided f- for me. And um, the summer before um, the course, I had visited New York just for fun and ended up meeting this couple at uh, a church that I visited. And they were so generous. I just kind of shared with them my story and they asked. I mean, it was literally in like the meeting and greeting time. I wasn't looking for a mm-hmm. second pair of parents, um, but they ended up just being so nice <laughs> and they were like, well, like when you move to New York, if you need like somewhere to stay until you get your feet underneath you, Whoa. we have a spare bedroom and we miss our kids. So we, we would love for you to come live with us. Oh I was like, that is, that's wow. fine. I would love that. Wow. So I ended up, um, yeah, so they were, they were the people that I stayed with when I first came. Um, total mm-hmm. miracle. Uh, so yeah, lived with them for about a month and a half. And just was applying to every job right and left Mm -hmm. and ended up getting a call to come interview at uh, Penguin Random House on, I think, my third day that I had moved to New York. I think, like, like this timeline that is absolutely absurd and unheard of. I was prepared to, like, tough it out for six months, spend all – I was literally, like, I'm going to move to New York and make it or I'm going to move to New York and spend everything and lose everything and then start over. Like, that was – but that's how worth yeah. it was for me. I think yeah. I just felt like yeah. it's it's public, it's books or nothing. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's not true. Like there would have been something else. Like if, if books hadn't worked out, there would have been something else. Yeah. But like that was kind of the level of intensity with which I approached it. Um, and I was also quite young. I think now like I 
I wouldn't have I don't know that I could have done what I did then now. I feel like mm-hmm. now, like, I know too much. I know too much about the world. I, I'm just cynical enough to, like, be like, it will, it'll never happen for you, Elizabeth. Um, but then I was <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe it could. <laughs> I just, like, went wow. for it. Wow. Come on. Um, so, yeah. So that was, that was that. But I also had some friends who really encouraged me to dream big, which I think was huge. Like, when I, wow. I, when I first moved, I was like, maybe I'll get, like, a part-time internship at, like, a boutique literary agency, like, doing – nothing like making minimum wage um and I had a friend who was like no but like what do you really want to do like what is actually what is like the best case scenario and I was like oh I was like well best case scenario and this would never happen would be I get a job at Penguin Random House and live on the Upper West Side (laughs) and and I was like yeah but like whatever and that's literally (laughs) what happened and so I think there was something (laughs) to like naming the unnameable and like naming the like out of reach thing and so um, and just s- even like semi believing it would happen. I wasn't even like yeah. this is for sure happening for me. I was like maybe it won't, but also maybe it will. And I am excited by the possibility of maybe it will. Right. Wow. Um, that timeline was also just like so short. And so when I share the story, I don't want to like set up this expectation that like when your dreams work out, they just yeah. happen in three days. Like I I don't right. think that is always the case. Um, there have been other things that yes. I have yeah. pursued that have either happened uh, out over a much longer span of time or haven't happened at all. Mm-hmm. And they've dreamed they're, they're dreams yeah. I've had to like retire. And right. so anyway, but that's just, that was that wow. season of my life. That's wild. Yeah. I think a lot of times we're just like scared to name it. We're scared to actually say it out loud because to say it and to claim it and to be like, this is what I want. If you don't get that thing, it's, you know, you risk just being embarrassed or feeling, feeling like you failed or like, you know, you're letting people down. Um, and I feel like that a lot of the times we like, we make our own dreams smaller than they need to be or than they should be because we're just fearful that like they won't work out and we'll, you know, we'll be hurt or we'll be embarrassed or people around us will think differently. But that's really Mm -hmm. cool because I think, and I think, you know, what I'm learning too in this season, I'm like, I'm dreaming for some pretty big shifts and big things. And I think I'm finding like what it's doing to me in the process and what it's like cultivating in my spirit just by the nature of the season and by having to name it and by being like, okay, the only way this is going to happen is just by faith. Like yeah, what that's doing in me is probably like, just as important as the actual thing that's coming or the actual like change that's going to happen or the job or whatever and I think that that's so important is like it's not just about the thing it's about what you know what happens in you and your character on the way to get the thing Um, and sometimes that takes longer if there's more I I feel like you know we're not just going to be handed like a hundred pound weight to after Mm -hmm. if if we haven't trained you know and so Mm -hmm. I think there's like mm-hmm. beauty in the process of getting stronger to hold the big thing that you're dreaming for yeah. too. Like yeah. you may not be ready to hold it. And you know, in your case, you, you, you'd been through this, you, cause you weren't just coming here fresh off, you know, your undergrad right. or for, even like fresh right. from high school. Like mm-hmm. I went to college here, so I moved here really young and like, that's just a totally mm-hmm. different thing. There's so many things I have now that I would not have been ready to carry at that point. Mm-hmm. And so there is beauty right. to like the time that it might take, but it's, but it's yeah. still good. And you know, necessary to to say it and to speak it and to dream for it I think you know so yeah that's really cool (laughs) yeah so crazy I love that okay so 
now you live in New York, you have your dream job, you live in the Upper West Side, crazy, crazy, <laughs> and you also have a book coming out. So I want it. That's a crazy story, crazy. too. Just that is of, a crazy story. That gives you lots Gosh. of stories to write about. <laughs> yeah, so many stories. Wow. So what, how did that come about? I know, I know the story. I know that a lot of it. So you started writing these liturgies in 2020 mm-hmm. yeah. during the pandemic and they, mm-hmm. and you just started posting them online and mm-hmm. they were really encouraging to people and really started to pick up a lot of traction right so what happened from there (laughs) yeah that was totally unexpected I mean that I feel like that is that's one of those stories of like yeah moving to New York working publishing was something that I wanted and I went after and this just like I had my sight set completely different. My career trajectory right. was in a completely different direction. I was like, I'm going to be an editor. And I was like doing all the things to yeah. do that. And story for a different time. But it was absolutely not painting out at all the way that I wanted it to. <laughs> but at the same time, like while whilst my like what the dream I thought yeah. I had um, or the thing that I thought I was supposed to do was, was not happening, this yeah. other thing was like flourishing out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Maybe I should pay attention to this. Um, but yeah, but in March of 2020, my mm-hmm. dear friend and writing colleague, <laughs> it's so weird to call her that, um, my soulmate, Audrey, she had the idea <laughs> to write uh, this series of liturgies, which are poetic mm-hmm. prayers, specifically about like all the anxieties we were feeling in the that initial yeah. COVID time. So we wrote liturgies yeah. for those who are fearing for, about their physical health, for those who are concerned yeah. for their loved ones, um, for those who are far from home, for those who are having trouble falling asleep, mm-hmm. um, for those looking for joy. Like we wrote 11 total mm-hmm. in the span of one weekend. It was such an intensely beautiful weekend. But at the same time, like I have the best memories of that weekend like what else was I doing I I couldn't go outside I couldn't go anywhere so Audrey was like let's just write let's do what we what we know to do and what we love and so she encouraged I'm so thankful that she invited me into this because this was totally her idea um so we we each wrote like five or six liturgies and gave them to one of the staff members of our church and we were like hey like if if this would be encouraging to people at church we would love to just put them in the newsletter like that was literally all we thought was going to happen with them we're like send them out whatever and then um someone who builds websites at our church he built a website for them to live on uh online and then our pastor uh john he wanted to like actually like introduce them to the church on easter sunday so it got way bigger of a of a thing of of a debut than we expected yeah (laughs) um but they did yeah they 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 lived online and they were um, distributed fairly widely. And um, mm-hmm. what I know of the rest of the story is that apparently one of them was read at a church in London, mm-hmm. uh, King's Cross Church. And an editor who lives in London was in the congregation and she heard this liturgy and she just thought that it should be a book. And she actually had an idea wow. for for a book kind of like this, kind of like very Psalm-esque, uh, very like, mm-hmm. yeah, poetic prayer esque mm-hmm. and so she heard this and was like this is this is the book that I've been wanting to publish and so she she reached out to us Chills. and inquired about whether we would be interested in making our liturgies a book to which of course we said excuse us yes <laughs> we would um we're interested um but what like we were just kind of like really wow. like really so um yeah so she actually got the ball rolling um and she is our now she's our the UK editor for the book. So it is going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be a book on November the 1st. It comes out, and it's going to be published in the U.S. and the U.K. So we're oh really gosh. excited that 
that the UK <gasps> is part of it because she's the one who right like started this whole yeah. thing in the, in the in the first place. Yeah, and you've held it in your hands now. I saw a picture yes. of you with it. What was that like? Yeah, so book? surreal. So much of this process has been like yeah. surreal, and um, yeah. So we got uh, two early copies sent to us about a month mm-hmm. ago. Um, yeah. and very cool to get to hold that in our hands yeah. and, um, yeah, just wow. so amazing. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I want to talk about like, I mean, you have so much more to go in your career. I'm so glad we caught you mm. in this podcast in the early end of your <laughs> like, <laughs> author career oh. because, oh, this is just only going to grow from here. You're so talented, <laughs> but, um, like I, yeah, we'll be like, we knew her when she was <laughs> hilarious. She was just running oh in the bedroom. Um, no, but I mean, what in the early stages of this, of like, okay, my, I literally have a book that's going to be on a shelf that people yeah. can buy that I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. and it's going to impact people all mm. over the world. Um, mm. What has it been like for you? And maybe this hasn't it completely, you know, started yet because the book isn't out yet. But mm-hmm. just like, I feel like when we 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 work really hard to get the things we want or to do the project or make the book or to yeah. finally, you know, book the movie or whatever, whatever it is that right. we do. Mm-hmm. And then we don't really know how to dwell in the thing that we just mm-hmm. built. And so mm-hmm. curious to know like what that's been like for you kind of taking on more of this identity as an author and yeah. as someone with like a published mm-hmm. book. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can speak to that at all. Just like, mm-hmm. okay, I have the thing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How do I yeah. walk it out? You know? Absolutely. I think, ooh, yeah. It, yeah, because you dream of the thing happening for so long right. and then it happens. Um, I think, yeah, there's a lot of, of thoughts there, but I, one in particular is just like having like created a thing for people um, mm-hmm. and then releasing it. I think that, I think one of the key mm-hmm. things is, is releasing what you've created and like wow. trusting it enough to live on its own. Um, because I think it is really scary to put stuff out in the world in general, like Mm -hmm. whether it's a book, um, whether it's just like an Instagram caption, like whether it's a song, a single or a full album, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, it is really scary to, to put it out there and to, to release the thing that you've built, the thing that you've created. One thing that has really helped me though is, um, and this is kind of like, I'm just realizing this as I continue to write is there's something about it. I I think it's, it's, um, being able to write in with God and like having a relationship Mm -hmm. with God. I feel that like the things that I write aren't fully mine. And I I just genuinely like I write them and I'm like, who wrote that? I don't know. Like not like just, I don't know. Some of the the, the things that that end up getting, you know, written down. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I genuinely don't remember writing that sometimes or, Yep. So when I look back at the things that I've written, I think it's a blessing that I, I, part of me is like, yeah, I own that. But then also another part of me is like, but also like someone else co-wrote that. And I really do think it's the Holy Spirit. Right. And right. so that helps in, in the releasing and in the dwelling mm-hmm. is just knowing that like, I, there's not all the pressure to like, to mm-hmm. keep it together or to like control how it's received or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I am not even the full owner of this. And wow. so that... So, yeah, so I think releasing is a big component in um, dwelling freely. Yeah. 
in what you have really created good. because I think, yeah, you can't like dwell in something that you're trying to constantly like, just like maintain totally. control over. I think there's yeah, like some, some level of maintenance, but if you're just constantly just yeah. like checking and maintaining and like trying to hold this thing together, you can't enjoy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I think, yeah, for me, at least like just releasing it and being like, I wrote it, it's done. It's literally printed on paper now. Like yeah. no going back. Too late. <laughs> um, it's like uh, an honoring that like this is what God and I created at this time mm, in my life. Great. Like when I look back on old writing and I'm like, oh, wow, that's I, I write differently now. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I've mm-hmm. grown and changed as a writer. Like that's something that I wrote when I was 25 or that's something that I wrote when I was, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and not criticizing yeah. anything yeah. that I made when I was younger. Um, yeah, that's really good. Or, yeah, just honoring it for what it was at the Yeah, because it all feeds into, like, who we are today. I don't know. Yeah. I, I do mm-hmm. that, too. I'm, like, I used, I used to write a lot more so- – I used to write songs all the time. And, like, I'll go mm-hmm. find those old song journals. I'm, like, oh, my gosh. This yeah. is so bad. These yeah, are so totally. cheesy. No. And, like, to be fair, I mean, they, yeah, some of them are. But, uh, <laughs> but they all, like – feed into and we're part of the growing process of yeah you know what we do today i think it's especially hard to do what you're saying and to let it let go and to release control over things that are art and creative things because they come from such a personal like deep place and they can Mm -hmm. be really hard to just like you know because you're it's such a they come from your your heart and your soul and your experiences and it just feels so personal and for people to have the ability to criticize or to have thoughts on things like it's just scary frankly because yeah. it's such a deep deeply yeah. personal thing any kind of creative art you know yeah it is especially writing I, like yeah. yeah things that are really just like I feel like the more the more specific succinct and like deep the art form like with writing it's just like this is how this is what it is this is how I feel these are the exact mm-hmm. words to articulate it like mm-hmm. the more personal at least I feel it, mm-hmm. it is you know the more yeah deep it kind of cuts <laughs> yes totally it is oh, I remember the first time I posted like a blog online and I was like oh yeah. my gosh like this is the scariest thing I've ever done <laughs> yeah. um, but it does get easier the more you do it and yeah. I think it's, it's helpful For also sure. to think of myself as a writer and as an artist as the work that I make as an offering rather than That's this really thing good. that has to be validated by everyone because mm-hmm. it really doesn't really it's like if, if I yeah. see it as an offering then like people can take it and they wow. can leave it and that's wow. okay. Like, it's just going to exist weird. out there. People who need yep. it can take it. People who don't, won't. <laughs> and frankly, right. you just don't that's need so to. Good. And so that also is helpful um, just to kind of set mm-hmm. the expectation that, like, not mm-hmm. everybody's going to pick this up. Not everybody's going to, like, appreciate wow. this offering. But those who do will. And it's not up to really me good. to, like, dictate who, who really needs good. it or wants yeah. it. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Um, On that, I want to, if you're okay with it, I want to read something that you wrote that is on your Instagram that I loved. And you wrote it within the past year. I don't know which month it was. I should have written that down too. But um, just to give our listeners a little sample of how you write and how you articulate things. (laughs) Amazing. Um, And then I kind of want to talk a little bit about just your process with this kind of thing. And so... Yeah, okay, so I'm going to read this, and yeah, if you're listening, just soak it in, because she's so good. All right. I step onto the rain-soaked patio at sunrise, cleansed by the clemency of clouds. A single raindrop lands on my nose, and a prayer comes out like a sigh. As you can imagine, birds are singing. As you can imagine, all is quiet except for the beating of my own heart, as if to say, all is new again, as if to say, wake up, sleeper. Bear witness to the fresh, unsullied time. 
to the scabs of your healing wounds, to new ways of being waiting to be discovered by you. How worth it was to lie awake, how worth it it was to lie awake all night, how curious that I wasn't afraid. What an honor it is to be awake, to behold this living landscape, this blending of sky colors in real time. Now I am singing, and my heart surprises me with what it loves. The sun is rising, and I am waiting, listening, here in this velvety light, here in this place I call home, this apartment and this city, yes, but also this body, this mind, this temple, in this small frame of my flesh, bowing and rising to what, rising at once. What is man that you are mindful of her, or a sparrow that you lift her up? But I am a watcher and a wanderer, an empty space longing to be filled, an enraptured mind investigating the world, listening for clues, expectant for more, drawing back the curtain for glimpses of sun, touched by a raindrop on my way. Ugh. Mm. So good. Wow. That... I love this. It's <laughs> so cool to hear someone else read it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> It's just fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. Well, if you need someone to do an audio, your audio book, um, let me know. <laughs> I know a girl. <laughs> I know a girl. <laughs> Voiceover. Um, oh, my gosh. So funny. It's so, yeah, it's so funny to hear people read it out yeah. loud. I feel like when I write something, I often, like, I'll read it to someone, but I'm reading it, and it's, like, it sounds exactly yeah. how I want it to sound, but it's cool right. to, like you said, like, release that and let yeah. other people hold it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love, I think my favorite line is just, my heart is, my heart surprises me with what it loves. That's such a good, mm. ugh, wow. <laughs> ugh. I love words too. I like, I mean, oh, you know, we talk about this a lot of just like, just writing in the way that it, yeah, I, I feel that too. With just like, sometimes I'll write something and I'm like, I have no memory of how that yeah. just came out. <laughs> it just did. I know. I'm like, oh, who wrote that, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, just like yeah, my heart surprises up. me with what it loves. <laughs> my heart surprises me. That's such a good line. Uh, um, yeah. So good. Okay, so I want to talk about your building process here. So how, what's it like for you to sit down? I'm sure you write every day, um, but what's it like for you? Yeah, what's the process of like mm. when you're going to write something for a project or a purpose mm-hmm. versus just kind of mm-hmm. writing for fun? Mm, what is totally. your building process? Yep. What are some tips and tricks and yeah. just things that you've learned in this practice? Wow. What a good question. Um, I feel like, okay, first of all, I did, that poem is so special. I, it was not written for a deadline. It was literally one of those just like, I woke up at 5am for no reason. I couldn't go back to sleep. And I, I walk, I like opened my sliding door and like it had rained that night. And I just like, stepped out onto my patio a raindrop hit my nose as I was walking outside and the poem was just there it literally just like started writing itself and I felt like that I just like it was there it was I just was listening honestly I'm like that is for sure one of those things where it's like I I really don't know who wrote that I think I've I mostly feel like I was listening and dictating um and that's a lot of what what poetry is for me is just like listening and feeling like I'm taking the dictation of whatever is around me. Right. Um, so, so, but when it comes to writing for a deadline, like a book deadline or a freelance deadline, like I'm, I'm working on a, a deadline right now and it's due tomorrow. So, woo. Mm-hmm. um, but I, I do think that like, <clears throat> I've had to learn what that looks like. Cause you don't just right. every day, you don't wake up at 5am, a raindrop hits your nose and the poem <laughs> exists. And you're just like, woo. <laughs> like, I wish that it's not an everyday occurrence. <laughs> yeah. It's not an everyday occurrence. Um, so the process of building writing, I, okay. So I'll just kind of go by the process that I most recently used for this current project yeah. I'm working on. But um, first of all, this, this 
sometimes doesn't always happen. I feel like you have to have the time margin, but like ideally um, what will happen is like first the ideating phase, which is like, I've Mm -hmm. kind of been given some direction from like, so for example, this project I'm working on right now is a poem for a narrative film um, Mm -hmm. that's going to be just like kind of voiced over this this film project. Yeah. Um, So the creative director has given me like, you know, just the concept of the film, kind of the overall narrative Mm -hmm. arc, like the tone that she wants, a few Mm -hmm. like, other poets that she would like this to sound like um and yeah so I and then I had a call with her and with one of the film subjects and we just kind of had this like brainstorming call um which if you're working with someone else that's super essential sometimes it's just me and I brainstorm with myself which is fun um but brainstorming with other people is also fun so I had all of these notes all these like samples to go through so I just took myself out to Central Park (laughs) which again like this is ideal sometimes this is like you know me at 10 30 p.m like Uh just squeezing it in when I can um But I just, I get out all of the thoughts in my head. I like Mm. overwrite majorly. So Mm. I like know what I need to write and I come with like an idea or a concept or whatever. Um, And I just like start writing and I just go. And and sometimes even that is too big of a chunk to rip off. Like it's just like start writing. Like that's terrifying. So sometimes I'll be like, start writing for 30 minutes. Just like set the timer at 30 minutes and you're just gonna start like churning out stuff, getting stuff on the page. Um, and then after 30 minutes, take a break and see what's there. And if you're like, Ooh, I'm depleted. That was all I have. I have nothing else to give after 30 yeah. minutes. Like, okay. Work with what you have. But oftentimes after you start doing that for 30 minutes, then you're like, yeah. I could keep going for two hours. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then you just kind of like, let yourself get all the thoughts down until they're mm-hmm. out. And honestly, that can be like two to four times as much content as needed. Right. And then I... Um, again, depending on time, I let it rest for, you know, a day, mm-hmm. a week, however long I have, um, forget yeah. about it. <laughs> and then, um, and then I come back and start trimming and shaping and, um, just like highlighting the, th- like noticing what of, of those, of the discovery draft, that's what I call them, discovery drafts, of, yeah. of the discovery draft that I had written, what feels compelling, what feels potent, um, mm-hmm. what what feels like it fits together it starts to become this puzzle of like this line moves up here or this trunk can go down here or this needs to go away completely or there's a hole here and i need to like include something like this um so then it does feel very like you're solving a puzzle and you're putting these pieces together and again like that in this process i also feel like i'm listening kind of like you know when when i'm writing a poem yeah i'm just kind of like listening like what what sounds good together like um so then just starting to form and once it starts to take shape and to take form, it that's where it gets like fun and yeah. um, both harder and easier. Like once it kind of starts mm-hmm. to take a form of its own, you're like, okay, we have something to work with now. Like that's what right. makes it easier. It's so hard to start right. from nothing because you're like, nah, I have nothing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, when you start to have something, you can work from somewhere. So that makes it easier, but then it also becomes harder because the last stage is like the polishing, the making sure that every mm. word is the best word and that no words yeah. are are unnecessary um all the words are in the right place that it sounds that it looks good on the page if it's poetry that it looks good on the page and sounds good when it's spoken aloud um that it makes sense that punctuation is intentional and not willy-nilly um right yeah does that make sense wow that's so good 
That's so practical. Right? Thank you. <laughs> tips. I love yes. that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All of that. Amazing. You don't even have to go to Oxford, listeners. You can just <laughs> just yeah. We'll just talk about practice. and that usually what? takes about What's four that? rounds. Yeah. So okay. like, like for for liturgies, cool. for example, it usually took like it was like four different writing sessions. It's like yeah. ideating, brainstorming, dumping, and then it's like maybe two like shaping sessions, and then one like right. polishing final whatever. Right. And I feel like each ideally each session will have like enough space in between for it to rest for my yeah. brain to rest from staring at the same words so that like the next time I come to the next writing session it's a I'm coming right. with a fresh mind and new yeah. eyes yeah yeah that's so good oh so good I love that oh Yay. amazing okay well I have just one more question for you that I just want to talk about and then um we'll close out here but I um want to talk about using words and narrative in general to build and what that looks like. This is kind of a, a big theoretical, like whatever question, but just, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel like we can use words that you use words to build people, to build yeah. communities, to build yeah. different thoughts around? I don't know. I just, I think words are so special. They're so special to me. It's my favorite form yeah. of just wow. any sort of like expression. But, um, and I do a lot of songwriting, like I said, and just songwriting is interesting because it's like, it's the one thing, like, you can obviously read a book out loud, you can read poetry, you can read, but, like, when you write songs, people sing them over themselves, or they listen to them, and it kind of, like, it, it goes, and so it's, it's always been interesting to me with songs, um, because I feel like there's just such a weight to what someone's going, especially, I write, I write worship stuff now, too, so it's, like, people are going to sing that over their life and their circumstances, and so it's, like, such an interesting thing, and I, I just have been thinking about like, yeah, words in general, how powerful they are, how the things that we speak and say and write really do impact it, you know, and shift our lives and lives around us. So curious to know your thoughts on using words and narrative to build and what that looks like. Wow. One thing that I was thinking of as you were talking is that words are like, they don't really they're not really alive until a person uses them. Like it's kind of like we know words as alive because we know them when we use them, but like words can like exist on the page of a book, but unless I'm engaging with it or unless someone else is engaging with it, they're just like ink and paper. Um, and so I, I don't know. I just think there's something to like recognizing that words live because we live and because God lives. And, um, I, I love that God identifies himself as the word um, I think that's a very complex thing to get into, but I just think that that is like so interesting that like mm. words are alive and they, and we give them life um, and right. God gives them life. Um, okay. But I, I think in terms of like how do words build, I thought of two things. One, I think <clears throat> words like build me up, like they build you, you up, like each person, words mm-hmm. have the like ability to fill us and then they have the, we have the ability to use those words to then fill other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think just words in general are, are build other people up and, and encourage is another word for that. Um, also, they have the power to do the complete opposite. And so I just That's think true. they're yeah. they're powerful, potent, sharp tools wow. um, that used correctly can be amazing, mm. life-changing, empowering, yeah. um, restful, 
yeah. a lot of their things, but used foolishly, um, used for like ill purposes can be like yeah. very detrimental and harmful and violent right. um, and can leave a lot of damage. Um, mm-hmm. So just like, I think the awareness that like, yeah, words build and they also tear down. And so just like right. being a good steward of the tool at, in hand. Um, really good. Is really good. As like the writer or the speaker or the songwriter or whatever, like you have this beautiful tool. It's alive because you're alive. So yeah. what a privilege, what a gift, what a power you have. I mean, that's power. Shoot. Right. Um, and so just like kind of being humbled by the power mm-hmm. we've been given to use words mm-hmm. and, um, and, and praying for the grace to use them kindly and, and wisely wow. and gently, powerfully in the right way. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I think of words as a sword. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I have thought <laughs> that's my that. idea. <laughs> no, um, not my I'm idea, <laughs> but I do like, uh, tend to like think of words as a sword. And, that's um, really, yeah. when I do think that's like just the image that comes to my mind and, yeah. um, yeah. So like sharp, powerful wow. tools that can, they can build. Yeah. Do some damage, but also build some beautiful things. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Really good. Oh my gosh. Woo, we love, love words. Talking love words. to you and using our words to talk about words. Um, mm. Words are infinite. <laughs> just, yeah, we love them. They are. We could go on forever. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you just want to share? Any last words, words of encouragement <laughs> to anyone listening? And um, yeah, just either you, you have such a story of like, it's just so cool how it's all played out and, and how you've used what you've been given. But yeah, if you have any. Yeah encouragement to anyone listening oh man I don't know I think it one other thing is I don't know I think it's just fun to do what you've been created to do and I think that that is like that's the journey too is like just discovering what it is you're created to do is I think there there might be a lot of people and this is me for a long time was just like well what is that thing I don't know right um so the the process of discovering that is fun and then when you feel like you've kind of struck upon something that you're like oh this like makes me feel so alive this makes me feel so at peace like this makes me feel so like I'm not even trying like I could do this all day and lose track of time and be more energized when I finish than when I started like that is such an interesting fascinating thing to discover and then to do and so I don't know I think one thing that I just hope that people get to experience is how fun it is and how much of an adventure it is and how it doesn't it's not this thing that is like stressful I mean sometimes it is stressful but it's not this like I have to like get this thing and then maintain it and like keep it under control and it's all up to me like this big like thing that's had like has a lot of pressure on it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. again I think there are times where there's pressure but I think overall it's it's fun it's a joy and um and I think it should be that way um yeah when you're building so something good. that is like something that you are meant to be building and right really good uh, yeah that's great yay amazing yay! well i'm so grateful for you we're so excited for your story and to read your book that comes Woo! out november first and we'll link all the information uh in the show notes of this episode but we're just so excited to yeah support you on this journey and thank you for all your wisdom and your story and yeah have a great day to anyone listening To all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. We hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content. 
Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting updates and our gather news on our Instagram at Girls Who Gather, as well as our website, www.thegirlswhogather.com. Also remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for season updates, announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There's always something for you to be involved in and a place to belong. Until next time.